0: Pat Mahomes Sr. was a five foot nine high school junior who was all state in football, averaged 30 points per game in basketball, and was all state in baseball. He was offered to play all three sports in college, and he was the salutatorian of his high school class. Damn, play
1: the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right. So not that we didn't already know where he got it all from, but now it's quite evident. I didn't know. What do you think yeah, he thinks about that, Jackson Mahomes? Uh, yeah, he's got to be annoyed. And Jackson's like like tall, too. Yeah, he's a good high school basketball player, apparently. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the dancing and all the background is just uh, too much. But anyway, speaking of unusual behaviors, Kyrie Irving had a big piece about him in New York Magazine. That was eye-opening, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess it's, it's um, the whole Kyrie saga, I guess it is at this point. is weird for me for a few reasons. And I think I want badly to be sympathetic to Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And he makes it hard. And uh, when you read this piece, you go in and out of, at least for me, feeling sorry for him, understanding him, being angry at him. And it just made me think about how he's searching for meaning. And he also, which is like normal. I think all of us at some level are searching for meaning. And there's some things in there that he's incredibly angry, which I kind of understand like you considering the things that happen that happen regularly, mm-hmm. not just to him or not just to black people like in society, it's reason to be angry all the time. Like what's uh, another school shooting happening? Like I, I I get uh, where Kyrie is coming from on so many different things, but what it feels like is for what it feels like is for me, at least, he feels like and I, I don't want to say because I'll all right, I'll say what I'm sa- what I'm thinking and then I'll try to clean it up afterwards but it, it feels like his maturity is like stunted at a certain point and when you say it, the reason why I was hesitant to say maturity is because it, there feels like there's some judgment in that like he's a big baby which I, I don't know if he is or if he isn't but what happens to so many of us i think is at least i know for me is as someone who i think i see a little bit of this curiosity that Kyrie has i see that in myself and Mm -hmm. the world kind of beats it out of you (laughs) you know at a certain point like man i gotta make some money i can't sit i can't send i can't sit around and like be uh complaining about this or complaining about that or upset about this or even just spend the time reading and watching videos because at some point I remember it was like uh we didn't have the internet when I was a kid which is a crazy sentence to say but like when I was really young we certainly didn't have Google or Wikipedia or YouTube or all these rabbit holes to fall into but I remember and frankly for me the first time was hitting puberty it was like I, that that was the thing that like first hit and kind of knocked the curiosity out of me It was like oh man, I wanna get some girls <laughs> so I'm sitting around reading nerd stuff and then like you get older and you're like man I, 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 and you start to realize like inconsistencies and unfair things about society and about life and then a certain point you're like oh, well can't fix it can't yeah. beat them join them you know and it just at, at every I guess checkpoint in your life, we all go through the same process and there's like forks in the road where it's like, all right, I'm going to stay a part of mainstream society or am I going to veer off? And so many times it's like noble to veer off. You could argue that it would be noble to veer off for certain reasons. Like the world is unfair. Yeah. And if yeah. that is a, a motivation for you to to like reject capitalism and start a revolutionary movement, man, it they write books about people like that. They make movies about people like that. Uh, you you can be revered for that sort of thing, and it's something that we celebrate. But if the if the fork in the road that you take outside of the mainstream is something that's like not founded in reality, and like there are bits and pieces of it connected to reality, then that's the problem. And And I guess back to the original thing is this part of uh, I used to joke about how uh, being a professional athlete allows you not to grow up in so in so many ways. And it's not a joke. There are many ways that you don't have to grow up. So like you grow up really fast in some ways where it's like I was 23 buying a single family home and I didn't even have a family. And so I was like doing that. And it was a stupid decision. But I thought it was like the smart, mature thing to do. And no, not very many 23 year olds are, are doing that. And I'm making those decisions that are impacting my parents. And, you know, like I'm doing these grown up things, but I also am going to the club every day and doing lots of other dumb things that, uh, that 20 somethings do. And I think I remember being on a team and, and some of my other teammates I had my parents still very involved and very helpful. So like some of the things like setting up somebody to clean the house when I first got a place and setting up somebody to do the lawn and do all that stuff. Like I could lean on my parents to do that. But so many of the guys didn't have that type of support. And so their agent would do that. So like that all goes into like still having an avenue to kind of not mature. It's like, there's somebody we, you hire an accountant almost immediately when you're in the NFL. So like doing your taxes and worrying about all that stuff are things that you don't have to worry about, these grown-up things that you don't have to involve yourself in. And I see some of that in this Kyrie, and I'm hesitant to say it in a judgmental way because I think some of us should hold on to those childlike things because they're better. Like being open-minded and being willing to change your mind and being open to new ideas is better it's it's risk and reward obviously the risk is you end up going down some ridiculous rabbit hole but the reward is you can also find meaning in your life that other people don't have the uh don't have the aperture open wide enough for them Mm -hmm. to find so i don't know where to end up on this piece i think that there's a it's a wild ride and there was a lot of crazy things that jumped out to me. I keep thinking about the the author, one of the authors that he read that he reads yeah. a lot was making parallels to black athletes being good in games that use brown balls and white athletes big brown balls and white athletes being good in games that use tiny white balls. Like it's just a lot of ridiculous things. In yeah. Kyrie's this is Francis Cresswell
0: saying who Kyrie said she's one of the goats for sure for me. Um, and said that, amongst other things, white men who give their mothers boxes of chocolates on Valentine's Day because of a latent desire to ingest chocolate with nuts. Yeah. Um, so there's some there's some weird stuff. And I, I think a lot of this piece in New York Magazine went into how Kyrie sort of uh, ended up with all of his belief system and trying to get into who he was. A lot of people online are calling it a hit piece. I think it was actually pretty fair outside of the title of calling him a bona fide weirdo, which I also think is pretty fair. Um, but I have a question for you off this and
1: it's about Kyrie being open-minded. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom on Yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around
0: And my question is, do you think it's hypocritical that Kyrie's worldview is one that he is always asking questions, but he's so against being questioned himself and his beliefs being questioned?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know if I would use the word hypocritical, but I I do see like a bit of a contradiction there. Uh, I guess the thing is, I don't think that... It's hard to to explain the things that he believes in. And I also like think so I guess this is why I wouldn't say hypocritical is. Mm -hmm. You don't need to explain to people stuff you believe in. Mm -hmm. You know, so like it's not hypocritical to 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 be to feel that you're open minded and feel that you're open to lots of different ways of approaching things. And it's unfortunate that it seems like some of these unusual beliefs are calcified and they are like core to who he is now. And that stinks. But it, it it also appears that he was malleable much later in life than many of us are, which I think is like. Again, it's high risk but I think it's commendable. Like I wish that I was more open to different things, but I also don't wish that I was open to, to that stuff. It, I wonder where the tipping point was. Yeah. You know, cause that's what it feels like to me is like, once you get on the other side, because it's the the conviction that he has and the things that he believes. And this is what I keep reminding myself. And when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, like, I don't want to get a position where I'm like defending Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving like I think that they got the world figured out. But I do want to defend against calling them weirdos and stuff like that, because I don't think because some of the things that they believe works for them is no less outrageous than some of the things that we consider like mainstream and work for other people. So there are some things that are dangerous that they believe in. And those are the things that I have no problem, like calling, calling them out on that stuff, but just generally being open to sitting in a dark room for four days to me doesn't make you, it makes you unusual, but that's no. And I mean, no disrespect to anybody's religion, but the idea that's that you need to confess, like I go to Catholic church with my wife fairly often, the idea yeah. that I need to take part in a confessional, like it's pretty weird too, but it's something we accept. Well, doesn't the outcome matter? Cause I think Kyrie's sort of transcended
0: where Aaron Rodgers is. And it's right. one thing to be open-minded, but if you end up open-minded in something that can veer towards hate speech and this article, you know, said that one of the tipping points from him was during COVID when he was, or maybe before COVID living in Boston with his best friend, yeah. Alex Jones, not that Alex Jones. Right. And they went on the conspiratorial YouTube rabbit hole. Like, mm-hmm. To me, it's not commendable to have judgment and be open to the point of being malleable that you can do bad stuff because whether or not he needs to answer to his worldviews, he's opened himself up to that in the public sphere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I I appreciate you calling that out, if it sounds like that's what I'm saying, that's not what I'm saying at all. And that's kind of why I was hesitant to say that he's that he's immature or he's childlike. But it does remind me a lot of a child and except the problem is he has the strength of an adult and the reach of a celebrity. And you, that's not something you would give to a child. And that's the, that's the real scary part because like six year old, five year old kids are irrational and like could be dangerous if they were like adults that had power and influence and following. And it kind of feels like the same thing for him and, and the same way that I would, like, be disappointed in my six-year-old for throwing a tantrum, I would also be like, well, it's a six-year-old. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that for Kyrie, except the problem is his tantrum can actually hurt. Yeah. And that's Ooh. so then I can't just, like, forgive it. But it's also, like, I, I don't know. I I'm, Maybe I'm in a particularly, like, empathetic mood um, today when we're when we're uh, discussing this, but the one, the good thing about this piece is it did make, it did a, it gave a, or tried to explain how he got here. And -hmm. that humanized him for me. And obviously you can go back and listen to anything else that we've done, but like when he did that, Hebrews, the Negroes promotion, like it was it was easy for me to be adamantly against the hate speech and, and whatever would uh, whatever else could happen as a result of it. Like you're empowering people like there, this can be connected to violence. Like that's easy and, and obvious because that's an isolated incident, but I can say that. And I can also read this story and be reminded that nothing is an isolated incident. Everything was a journey and he the cocktail of losing his mother and having an injury at the right time or at the wrong time and having uh, a special talent in basketball that allow him to like avoid some of those like smoothing processes because that's kind of what happens is when most of normal people go through life you're like a a rough rock and then you bounce up against all these little barriers as you go through life and it smooths you out until you end up like pretty much just like everybody else (laughs) some variation of like a normal functioning adult because he's really great at basketball i don't think he went through all of those and and yeah, I guess it's the difference between explaining and excusing. So yeah, I don't want ex- I don't want this to come off that I'm excusing any of this stuff, but it does. It well, the does question is, like- I, I think you're doing something that a lot of people have done. Does
0: it feel like to excuse it, do we have to infantilize him? Because we're not comparing him to a six-year-old. Yeah,
1: that's probably just as bad as anything else. So I guess I don't know how to handle this because I don't know how else to explain this in a way that makes sense to me. And so I, I and that's why I was hesitant about the maturity thing and the, and the child thing. But I I don't know any other. I, I think the erosion is the, is the best is the best analogy that I can come up with that makes it feel like it makes some sort of sense to me is that he hasn't gone through these processes. And he yeah. also like you combine that with him, to me, at least. Seeming like a very smart person who's also very curious and has not uh, and and got tipped in the wrong direction or what, yeah. Go ahead. Why do you think he's smart? I because gen- we've talked about
0: this before and like yeah. he's very eloquent and he's incredible putting together word salads. But like a lot of his actions to me yeah. don't scream as it- they don't align with the
1: people who I look to as yeah. the like thought oh. leaders in my life. To be fair, I think smart is probably a bad word because it's not specific. I think Mm -hmm. what I mean is curious. Okay. And I um, equate curious people with smart people often. It's like people who are looking for information because smart's one of those words that like, yeah, you can you could be a genius in one area and not, but I I think we often just say, oh, this guy's smart because he wears glasses and he reads a lot, but doesn't mean you're smart. (laughs) But uh, I guess... There are levels of like intellectual horsepower, I guess. And mm-hmm. I don't know him, but I guess the curiosity that he shows at least makes me feel like he's got above average intelligence.
0: Yeah. It's it's so interesting to me because like I hear him talk and then I let, read the transcripts of what he said and I'm like, that does not align with a smart person to me that aligns with someone who has really bad judgment yeah. and, and says things that though. anyone, but if, if, if it was like not wrapped in a package that sounded good, yeah, I would call that person a moron. I'm not calling Kyrie a moron, but the things right. he says are often moronic.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also wrapped in the package of success too, which mm-hmm. like if he was yelling this on the street corner, you're right. I wouldn't be like, Hey, that's a smart person. And I, I be like this poor weirdo.
0: It's it's so weird. Like I, Kyrie's most recent comments were he was the first one to show up to shoot around. And he made a point of telling the media. There's so much talk about like everything else, not how hard I work on the, on a basketball court. And I'm like, I wonder why that is
1: Kyrie. Like this is the, this is the dialogue he created in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, all the way back to the flat earth and thing. I yeah. think also, um, I have a an appreciation for people who are willing to stand up for something. And it does matter what you're willing to stand up for. But I I think we talked about this on episode last on Tuesday's episode, I think, with Ashley, how sacrifice is like my love language. And I appreciate that. And that, I think, is also part of the reason why I'm, like, looking for ways to to, uh, understand Kyrie is the difference between him and Aaron Rodgers in COVID was Aaron Rodgers had a position. And rather than publicly state his position, he kind of did. Not kind of. He lied. And he and and that bothered me. Kyrie Irving was like, "Nah, okay, I believe this. Okay, it's gonna cost me money. It's gonna cost me uh, time to play. That's fine. I will pay that. I will pay that price. And like, I respect that, even if I don't agree with it.
0: Well, and okay, and this gets to your you were in unions and you fought for the middle class and lower class of players. And this was pointed out in the article that part of Kyrie's sacrifice, don't you feel it's different that he's made $232 million from his NBA career already, plus his Nike salary. It's like the, the sacrifice and standing up for it. It's not the same.
1: No, I, I I agree wholeheartedly agree. The size of the sacrifice does matter, but it doesn't mean it's not a sacrifice. Yeah. And I, And I guess maybe I also buy into this hype that he really loves basketball. Maybe he doesn't really love basketball that much because it like the idea that he was giving up this thing that he loves and he's so good at was also part of it. I don't think that he had to like, um, he had to sell his condo because he wasn't playing. Obviously I do think that the, the public backlash is a sacrifice and yeah, yeah, I, I hate that I find myself in this position where it feels like I'm trying to defend him. Cause it's certainly not what I'm trying to do, but I, I don't find it interesting to be like, Hey, Kyrie's a crazy person. No, to- <laughs> no.
0: To- I totally understand. I think this is one of the interesting things about Kyrie besides. So I think the anti semitism discussion got wrapped up into a ton of the reaction to it and the fairness yeah. of the reaction beyond the act and him saying, you know, I can't be anti-Semitic because I know where I come from. That got obscured by everything afterwards. But if you remove that, which is impossible to do in totality, you talk about his vaccine stance, you talk about the flat earthing things. In a vacuum, they're all pretty easy to swat away. It's the totality of it that makes you um, wonder who he is. And was there anything that surprised you from this piece about you left thinking something different about Kyrie Irving?
1: No, I think generally what surprised me is while you say it's being taken as a hit piece by a lot of people mm-hmm. online, I walked away feeling like he was humanized, which is not a hit piece and it's not a fluff piece. It's a well-written piece to me, in my view. So, um, yeah, that, uh, that surprised me is as I was reading this article, I I saw a little boy whose mom died when he was young yeah. and I, I saw like him looking for to fill all these things. And that's a, a story well done. And I saw him looking for meaning and looking for purpose and looking for guidance. And that's the way the story was written. And it, it made me like think God damn wish somebody could have guided him in a different direction.
0: Yeah. I, I found myself thinking a lot about inner child therapy, a uh, technique of trying to, Think back to who you were at a certain age and how that yeah. shaped who you are. And I found that being the, the main point of connection that I thought was really easy for me to understand was that he's shaped by bad shit that happened to him, like right. all the rest of us. Um, but then the, the second thing that I thought was really interesting to push forward was just the concept of how much should we as the media and people care about the fringe beliefs of athletes Given mm. the platform that we've given them and the immediacy which, with which they can sort of disseminate their intellectual firepower. Like this, you can just go on Twitch and talk about, you know, what amounts to starting a cult and having everyone li- live out of a wooden store on, an- on land that he owns. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing that we, like, we as a media have to digest and take seriously all of the thoughts of every athlete who has these fringe beliefs.
1: Well, I guess then what's the alternative? if you don't take it seriously, then he'll go live on a cult or live on his land and start a cult. Like, I think the fact that you take it seriously, like shines light on it. I I don't know because they, it doesn't, we're not at a point that, I mean, everyone we know understands that they don't need us for reach. At this point, there was a time where we didn't know much about athletes or about celebrities, unless there was a profile written about them. That time is Gone. And then the athletes have uh and I, I think they have their followings, which also probably is the reason why people like Kyrie are comfortable taking these very like controversial stances, is because they do have an echo chamber that is is um in support of them. So that's not gonna go away. So us ignoring it isn't gonna make it any less impactful. It's just we're just gonna be shocked when when uh a cult comes out of the woods. <laughs> um, well, I I think I might've
0: phrased that sort of wrong too. And I, I want to put it in into your experience. Like you trans uh, like transformed from athlete to media person, but in the, in the middle, you did a lot of things and you sort of earn the voice that you have on a, on a television platform and podcast platform, et cetera, et cetera. Through being really thoughtful a lot on a lot of things, I think what's happened and transformed is athletes everywhere have become thought leaders because they're athletes with big platforms, and to me that seems like something that might not always be good. And Kyrie is an example of that. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I I can't argue it. I I think it's 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 overly simplistic to say any type of like development is all good or all bad. Um, so there's good with the bad. There's bad with the good, the way things were before when we are not, we, but when the media controlled all the, the narrative and story about athletes and, and that determined how we thought about them, that wasn't great, particularly for athletes like Kyrie, like, black athletes specifically mm-hmm. and athletes with um and I mean just people in general. It's it's uh that limited um access was bad. So like yeah, we're in a world where now Kyrie could create a cult through Twitch, but we're also in a world where we have access to know like a better idea of what a person is. Like I can't think of who's the person It's hard to imagine who's the person who would be painted in the bad light now or painted in an unfair light now, because it feels like we have a better understanding of who these people are. You know, like if you read about uh, I think Dr. King's always a good example, because if you read about Dr. King, you can find stuff that from the time that says all the positive things. If you read things now, you can find out that like he was human and he did lots of human things and i don't know if it's better to have a full complete picture of someone or no i do know i think it's better to have a complete picture of someone and understand that they're human rather than deify them or to vilify them and it just we have a better picture of who kyrie irving actually is which i think that more information is is helpful it's better than less information
0: Hmm. that's interesting i i lean more towards like The deplatforming of people who have sort of proven time and time again that like their thoughts aren't always worth worth listening to. And I know that's not totally right either, but that's that's like the the way I lean with it. I'm like, I just don't don't really want to hear what you think on things after you lose that much credibility. But I feel like that's two different
1: things. Yeah. Yeah. Deplatforming someone because what they're doing is dangerous. I'm uh, I'm in complete support of that. But I guess I I thought you were talking about like the climate and the atmosphere in general now with more access to people like there. Well, yeah. Well, it's just part of part
0: of the access is that people take everything that he says seriously. And he has like, even with a like a, sort of a fair picture of Kyrie, mm-hmm. there's a massive swath of people online who constantly because he appeals to different fringes, think that he's being treated unfairly. And it's like.
1: Nah, he did this. <laughs> this yeah. this is the this is the fair outcome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm certainly not caping for Kyrie to say yeah. that he was treated unfairly. Then he stretched. All right. Well, I don't know. I. Good piece. I enjoyed
2: it. Yeah, it's interesting. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better
1: because it has to be. All right, so should we do some more sports things that are not like... That That had nothing to do to, with sports, actually. So maybe we should do something sports-related in this this program. Mm. What do you think? Juju, Juju? Uh, nba i didn't particularly appreciate the the juju tweet but then he got all the backlash i mean it kind of felt like nothing Uh, honestly
0: can i can i uh we only have to do a second on juju all right cool but can i
1: zag on it for a second after to be clear I, i guess we should say just in case people didn't know so after the um chiefs won the game juju uh, tweeted out uh, a joke Valentine's card about holding with a picture of uh, Brad Barry on it, it was the guy who held Juju in that pivotal play that ended the Super Bowl. All right. Yeah.
0: Zag. So, so AJ Brown, perfect quote tweet, called him TikTok boy, gave him two congratulations on, on either end, a, a perfect insult, a chef's kiss of insult. Um, but my zag is it became everything on Twitter. Literally every player who could was like, I can get internet points if I just dunk on Juju Smith-Schuster now. And there was just like a bevy of players from the Chiefs, from other NFL teams, Tyree Kill, who were all just jumping on it. And I was like, this was awesome when A.J. Brown did it. And now it's just lame. You, you have not been as funny as the first quote tweet.
1: Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't see it uh, originally until you shared the um, AJ Brown response. And I haven't seen all the responses. But yeah, you, you're just a contrarian. It, it, it's tough. We both can't be contrarians. One of us is going to have to be in the mainstream every now and then, because I am I tend to find myself uh, disagreeing with the general population. But well, I, I when, when's it, when's it yeah. funny when
0: you're the 20th person to tell the joke?
1: Yeah, I guess I just don't care. It's like it's yeah. minor. I if, if Bradbury's all right, then we're good. Cause it's like he didn't hurt anybody. It's just some some lame trash yeah. talk that seems like unnecessary. You no, know, it's not like um, it's Eli Apple, someone yeah. who who like would talk trash the whole game and would probably tweet the same thing at you had he won. It's like Bradbury after the game was like, "Yeah, I did it." He just, he, he seemed like a good dude. What are you doing? And he didn't say anything to you. He's not starting something. You just went and you just went and sought him out to roast him. Like, what are you doing? It
0: was, it was lame. Also Bradbury had the perfect tweet afterwards which just, which was just that he got named to the all pro team in 2022.
1: <laughs> Spare pretty good football player.
0: Um, this is also not even to do with sports, but something I'm super excited about. Did you see exactly. Vin, D- Vin Diesel is doing the uh, all-star introductions in Salt Lake City in Utah? I
1: did not. Why? What, did is he from me? Utah, or why are we? I don't like this. I didn't like when The Rock, like, introduced the Super Bowl last year. You remember that, where he yeah. came down on the field and, like, before the kickoff? I don't know. I didn't like it. and And people loved it, I thought. Like, the response to The Rock thing was huge. And I was watching, like, this is not. Cool, but I guess I'm not cool because people like it, right? I I think so. This one,
0: people are gonna like, ironically, which I like. Like, this is not like after (laughs) the comedy introductions where we got so much meme meme potential. Vin Diesel talking about the NBA family is gonna be incredible. Why?
1: Like, so I don't know how we ended up with the NBA All Star game in Utah. Anyway, that seems. I mean, I guess you gotta rotate it, send it everywhere, but like. Are they going to change the laws just for the weekend? Because don't they got like soda pop shops there? Because you can't drink after a certain time, right?
0: Going to have a lot of milk, (laughs) a lot of milk at All-Star Weekend. No, I mean, this is like, I feel like a disaster for NBA PR that you got, you know, Carl Malone judging a dunk contest of Trey Murphy and Mac McClung and other people I've never heard of. Hold uh, on.
1: Carl Car- is going to be a part of this. I thought, yes. I thought the NBA tried to distance themselves from the oh, yeah. sadness that is Carmelo. Malone. He, uh, he's back with it being in Utah.
0: And uh, I believe he also said that he's going to use the platform to. Oh, God. I'm on a mission to take care of my retired brothers. If someone has financial hardship, what can we do about it? I can't execute the plan, but I'm going to put it in play and I'm not going to take no for an answer. So he's coming on your corner at All-Star Weekend.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I guess go for it. More power to you. I don't understand what he's going to do, but okay, yeah. Take care of retired players. He's trying to win back because don't basketball players not really mess with Carl Malone either. Yeah, I mean. Just, uh, an unusual fellow. Yeah. All right, Charlie. I think I'm out of things to discuss, but I do want to turn people on to something that i enjoy we're gonna do a watch along and because of the era of streaming and you watch whenever like it's hard to do a current show watch along because people have to watch at a certain time blah 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 it all can't be day spoilers blah blah so i'm gonna do a watch along for a show that i enjoy that doesn't get enough love it's side on hbo it used to be on comedy central so we'll start episode one season one watch along it's a comedy so there aren't really spoiler alerts but it'll be fun i guess i feel like i'm not from chicago so i don't know maybe we'll get a a person from chicago to come be a guest and tell us explain the stuff that we don't get all right appreciate you charlie thanks christina sarah addy everybody's great bye this is the dominique foxworth show